Hi, my name is Isabel and I'm your host for the ESG Quick Takes podcast, brought to you by ESG Book. In this episode, I'm speaking with Amantia Muharini. Amantia is an executive director at UBS and a sustainable and impact investing strategist in UBS Wealth Management CIO. Before UBS, she was a sustainable investing fellow with Morgan Stanley. Hi, Amantia. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Isabel. Great to be here. So tell me about your role. You advise high net worth individuals on sustainable investing and you see firsthand their shift in focus and the questions they ask you about sustainable investing. Can you start us off with some of the most common approaches you take around sustainable investing in your practice? Of course, happy to. Um, so let me start with my role first. So in the chief investment office of UBS Global Wealth Management, we conduct research across a wide variety of topics, but in particular, when it comes to sustainable and impact investing, we'll look at uh, what frameworks are and what the UBS view is on how to invest sustainably and with impact and how that integrates in client portfolios. So then our financial advisors or client advisors can then work with our private wealth or institutional clients to actually implement this and, and deliver to meet their objectives. Now, um, as, as we look across our US as well as Swiss and international client base, um, we're seeing an increase in, in focus and attention to sustainability. And to answer your question more directly, um, clients are, are entering sustainability through different angles. One of the approaches that is most common, I'd say, in portfolios is looking at an ESG leaders type of approach. I think we probably want to spend a little more time on these definitions, but, but uh, most commonly, just to start us off here, um, clients want to invest sustainably while also maintaining the risk and return characteristics of their existing portfolios. So thinking about getting that exposure to markets with maybe tilts towards companies that are better placed and in how they manage risks and opportunities on sustainability is, is often a very good kind of entry point. So tell me about the ESG leaders. I had to ask. <laughs> you had to ask, yes. Uh, of course. So um, ESG leaders is just one of the approaches that, that we see um, as uh, how clients can implement sustainability through uh, their investments, both in equities as well as in fixed income. Um, really, with, with this approach, what we mean is um, an investment strategy that invests predominantly in the equities or bonds of those issuers that are better at managing ESG risks as well as ESG opportunities compared to their peers. So these ESG leader strategies are in some ways, you know, what, what the name indicates, you're looking at best-in-class performers, um, and sometimes they're implemented through relative tilts within a sector or a region or even um, a factor or style, and otherwise they're implemented almost in, in absolute terms where you're looking for just companies uh, compared to global universes that are doing better on these matters. And I can imagine ESG leaders is then different than ESG improvers and so forth. So oh. you have different ways of looking at ESG in in your suite of, of approaches, so mm -hmm. to say. So tell me about that. Um, you know, your work obviously evolved over time. What are some of the misconceptions that people have about ESG or generally about sustainable investing? So... Um, quite a few. I think uh, in this space, there's still a lot of opportunity for education and, and kind of running through a lot of these questions. Um, I'd say one of the common misconceptions that we find is that sustainable investing is um, often equated to an asset class or to one way of investing. And so people will say, well, the performance of sustainable investing strategies is X or Y. And they're, they're treating it as if it was one monolithic item. Um, for the way that we think about it at UBS, but also how a lot of the industry is evolving, um, 
we recognize multiple ways in which an investment manager can look at sustainability characteristics and then use that information to drive uh, different strategies and to advance different sustainability outcomes. So the key word here is ESG is not a monolith. There's not just one strategy. And what that means for us is that we work with clients um, to help them take a portfolio approach to sustainable investing. Now, what does that mean, right? <laughs> um, so it, it means two things. In, in normally in, in investing, we're used to concepts around diversification. We think you likely want to diversify across equities and fixed income, equities, fixed income, and private markets, <laughs> moving a little further, as well as within those asset classes. Now, from a sustainability perspective, we also think there's a place to diversify. You can invest in those ESG leader strategies where you're telling the market you want to uh, companies to keep improving to kind of funnel a race to the top on improvement, right? That's one thesis from a sustainability perspective. That's distinct from investing in um, thematically, which is another sleeve in our strategic asset allocations and in how we advise clients, where we think you also want to invest in companies whose products and services are actually helping to address or contribute to some of the UN sustainable development goals or another way that you're, you're defining sustainability. And maybe on fixed income, you want to buy the debt of the same leader or thematic type of uh, companies, but also maybe you want to invest uh, to, to have them change. So maybe you want to invest in those high yield parts of the market and engage with the underlying issuers to have them improve on specific metrics, which is a more impactful way of, of engaging companies. And this is just three approaches that I mentioned mm -hmm. here out of um, a total of nine that we recognize in, in thinking about uh, sustainability in portfolios. That's very interesting. Yeah. And as you say, it's not a monolith. So there's many approaches and it's not an asset class, but more like um, a variety of lenses. Yeah. Am I understanding correctly? I mean, we think of it as a philosophy, yeah. essentially, that you can apply across asset classes. Very interesting. So... You mentioned this earlier, um, the returns. So many clients don't want to sacrifice returns, but they still want to have some form of sustainability tilt or maybe a variety of uh, sustainability tilt, as you described. Um, when a client comes to you and, and has that question, like what is the relationship between return and, and, and sustainability? I'm sure you know you have a very nuanced answer and there's many ways to look at it. But what is kind of the, the progressive answer on this in the sense of like in the past there was so much like ESG creates alpha or not we passed that but like what is kind of now the way that people like you experts are looking at that question mm -hmm. yeah I mean it is the number one question that we usually leave to the end <laughs> um, I would say um, our view is that sustainable investing strategies if they are diversified um, should result in comparable or better performance than their traditional peers over a full market cycle or over um, a kind of a long enough period of time um, diversification as well as looking across a full market cycle are two critical components here of this statement and our belief that ultimately investing sustainably should at a minimum result in comparable returns and this is what we're seeing in, in our um, diversified asset allocations just over over the longer term but also 
is we track a set of um, sustainable investing focused indices and we compare them to our parent benchmarks, what we observe is that over um, even kind of a three to five, even 10 year for those indices that have that long uh, kind of track record, uh, performance has been in fact either the same or better by, by a few basis points for the sustainable investing types of strategies. Now, if we look over the shorter term, six months, one year, then you see more of the volatility you'll see over the last uh, rolling 12 months, for example, that some ESG leader strategies, uh, which were underweight, the traditional energy sector, were not doing as well compared to their, their parent benchmark, were underperforming. However, if we um, kind of you know, increase the aperture a little bit. And when we looked at some more thematic strategies, like uh, the indices that were focused on gender lens, um, mm-hmm. we saw, or, or improver type indices, we actually saw that those did outperform over the last year. And this tells us two things. Firstly, let's not just look at the one year, right? This is the longer term thesis. It's important to look at long, this track record. Um, but also, secondly, this is exactly that point of why we want to combine different types of strategies to get these different exposures. Yeah, and it's not one thing you said before, right? So do you think that the future of ESG investing or let's say sustainability incorporated in investment strategies, has that become totally mainstream or will it become mainstream or will it always be some sort of expertise? I'm not saying you're not you know, working your own expertise, but you see what I mean? Like, will every single research analyst have to be very much educated on ESG in the future or will it still be to some extent, a thing on itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this. I wish I had a crystal ball on this, <laughs> uh, which we don't. I'd say a, a couple of things. One, one of the evolutions that we've noticed, even in the last, call it three years, um, is that this idea of ESG really took off and, and became, to your point, started to, to enter more of the mainstream. Um, in 2020 was when we saw this kind of floodgates open in terms of assets going into sustainable investing strategies. Um, and more and more managers globally and, and here in the U.S. where we sit also starting to recognize the materiality, the financial relevance of ESG factors. Um, what where we're seeing the market evolve now is, is very much in this uh, place where there's a recognition that these non-financial but financially relevant metrics like how companies treat their human capital or how they're managing their energy efficiency or how they're prepared for uh, climate change impact or their governance, right? All of these are elements which are relevant to financial analysis. And so integrating them into day-to-day financial analysis is increasingly becoming expected and mm-hmm. table stakes. And therefore, just that is no is very soon and likely already not going to be a differentiator of those strategies that, that can call themselves as focused on sustainability. Now, as you move the next step, we still think that there's place for strategies to focus on sustainability. And those are the ones that are not just integrating ESG as a tool on investment analysis, but are the ones that Um, also have an objective around sustainability. They want to achieve something. That something could be signaling to companies in the market that improving over time is important. That could be an objective of of a strategy together with achieving financial performance. Mm -hmm. And so that will still, there's still a place in the market now, carve out um, kind of in in the near term, at least for for that kind of focus. Um, And I'd say 
impact investing, those strategies that have an explicit commitment to measuring and verifying how the additional capital invested is driving positive change, um, those strategies probably are going to be around for a little while longer um, because the bar there is is much higher and therefore the level of expertise, the level of focus and, and even kind of the resulting um, types of, of allocations um, will, will probably remain um, as something that investors will ask for. Very interesting. And if you look at your work today, is that something you're particularly interested in? Or what is it that you see is becoming a main driver for sort of the more um, yeah, sophisticated types of lenses in sustainable investing? Is that impact investing or is it actually more thematic? So let's say uh, decarbonization or transition or let's say more um, you know, gender-related matters. What, what is your sort of you know, what, what do you see in your in your work as being of interest for the future? Hmm. I think uh, some, all of the above, and also the answer will depend a little bit regionally. Both uh, when I say region, I mean, you know, the kind of U.S. Mm-hmm. versus European versus uh, clients in, in the Asia-Pacific region, but also within each of these kind of broad <laughs> categories, um, each subset of each market will have its own focus. Um, thematic is, is interesting here because we're recognizing the opportunity in the energy and climate transition, for example, and a lot of that investment is looking for opportunities in those companies that are going to be solution providers. And so that's a thematic lens that is tied to solving sustainability challenges, but an investor may just look there opportunistically, not necessarily because they're seeking actively to advance sustainability. And so that area is one that is certainly of interest um, here. Um, and impact investing is is absolutely the, the place of evolution and um, the place where we'll, we'll have to see a lot more innovation around how assets are managed and, and what impact measurement and what impact reporting looks like as well. Very interesting. And to close this off, a last question. Um, what is it that you think is the kind of the innovation that you're looking out for or that you would love to see in this year or maybe in the next Five years or so. <laughs> oh, it's a great question. Um, what's on my wish list uh, here? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Anything. Um, I think. I think uh, what everyone in the market is looking for is more clarity and standardization around how we think around uh, um, ESG metrics and data. <laughs> and so this this kind of falls directly in, in your <laughs> area of of work in the space, but. Um, there's a lot of innovation in the space of ESG data that's, that's going to be critical together with guidance from regulators as well as just market shapers like the ISSB, the International Standards Setting Board, um, that is helping companies think about what they need to disclose and the data providers and the rest of us in the industry kind of thinking, what do we do with that information? How does that feed into actual investment decisions? This is probably going to be one of those areas that will help unlock further um, investor confidence and ability to to drive assets in this space. Very interesting. So we're looking out for a lot of new regulation, but also the implementation of the regulation to to make us all, um, you know, being able to compare, right? To compare mm-hmm. the information. Thank you so much. This concludes the ESG Quick Takes podcast. And thank you, Amantia, for your insights. We'll put a link to Amantia's work in the show notes in case people want to learn more and uh, catch you next time. Thank you.